everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast. JJ Duke, Drew Kingsley here with you. And uh, it is, it's been a crazy last, let's call it 36 hours in terms of how this podcast has come together as we had a lot of late results come across our way. But Drew, it always seems like when we open up this show, it seems that we have a lot of positive things to talk about. And Let's be frank, five episodes in, I don't think we've had an episode that hasn't been chock full of Stags victories. Yeah, a lot of teams off to, I, I was going to say great starts, but looking at the calendar, I guess a lot of these spring sports are nearing, if not past the halfway point, fall sports getting into their MAC postseason play, and Stags across the board uh, giving us positive things to talk about. But we're going to have to start with the hottest team Really, you can say in the sport of baseball across the nation, as baseball is currently still undefeated, 14-0 to begin the season as they had a six-game week. They knocked off local rival Quinnipiac in a doubleheader on Wednesday afternoon and then swept all four games against Ryder this weekend, two games on Friday, two on Saturday. They've won 14 to start the season, 15 on the bounce if you include the last game that they played last season against Stetson great numbers to talk about we're going to dive into quickly the results here but Drew it's not often when you talk baseball and northeast baseball and national landscape but when you look across the big picture you see Fairfield individual performers amongst the best in the nation team performances amongst the best in the nation this is a team that is clicking on all cylinders and as you said it, this group is now in the midway portion of the season and set themselves up very nicely. You know what? You talk about baseball and 14, 15 in a row really just doesn't happen. You know, you play these multiple games a day. You have different pitchers. You know, everybody in the MAC has one or two at least starting pitchers that on any given day can throw a gem. And as you said, it's just production up and down the lineup, up and down the rotation, I think three pitchers with ERAs, three starting pitchers with ERAs under one right now. And yeah, that doubleheader sweep of Quinnipiac was huge. And then a four game sweep of Ryder where really Ryder scored runs in one inning of that entire four game set. So this, this Fairfield team, it just, I'm really blown away. As I said, 14 in a row in baseball, this doesn't happen. No, it does not. And in fact, working in professional baseball, I've been on the losing streak of over a dozen games or so. So it feels pretty good to win 14 straight to start the year. So yeah, let's talk about the results. We'll just kind of fly through them. Uh, on Quinnipiac on Wednesday, Fairfield won 6-3 and 17-6 in a mercy rule in the second game and continue to find new avenues of pitching death. As Drew mentioned about how the starters have dominated, well, it was the traditional closer in Nick Graybeck who ended up starting game one of that doubleheader, went four and two-thirds economically, allowing a runoff five hits. Charlie Pagliarini had the big knock in the first game with a two-run homer in the bottom of the six. At that time, the game was only at four to three. Then the second game, the Stags just utilized their bats in a Johnny Holstaff game where they pounded out 17 runs on 14 hits, led by three hits apiece for Mike Handle, Justin Guerrera, and Mike Pichetti, along with three runs driven in by Dan Ryan. Now we move to Friday. They moved that series up a day due to the pretty foul weather that we've had here on Sunday. It's, again, nice when we talk about baseball moving games because of weather. But on Friday, the first of the two doubleheaders, Fairfield won games 
by a score of eight to three and 10 nothing. As Drew mentioned, Ryder only scored runs in one inning across the entirety of the weekend. Game one, which also earned the program's 1,000th career all-time victory in program history, saw Michael Sansone toss five and two-thirds innings, got homers from Dan Ryan, Justin Guerrero. Bats came alive in the second game and knocked out Ryder's ace, uh, Pete Soporowski, who came into that weekend as rated one of the top pitchers in the league. He was out of the box in less than five innings as Fairfield knocked out Seven runs off nine hits against him. Every Stags hitter had at least one hit in the game. And Guerrera had another homer on the game, giving him two on the day for eight on the season. On Saturday, business as usual. Five and zero, six zero in the scores. I could keep going on about the hitting performances, like how Ryan Guerrera, Handel, Vachetti, Sean Colin, amongst others, all contributed on the day. But 16 scoreless innings in one day is incredible. John Signor went the distance in the seven inning game, holding Ryder to three hits, picking up his 20th career victory, which is now one away from tying the program record. And then Bryson Cafaro comes in, throws six scoreless frames. And then Eli Oliphant and Jason Hebner combined the, for the final three frames. The big one, you said the starters ERA, the team ERA drew is at a 2.17. The whip, which is walks and hits per inning, is less than one, which you don't get in the course of college baseball over one weekend, let alone three weekends hitting six different consistent starters are hitting over 340. You've got guys who are getting on base every game. Colin's on a nine game hitting streak handle went 10 of 25 this week. Guerrero's got eight homers. This is just wild to talk about. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> they're a very good baseball team. You know, it's hard to talk about in the sense that, Look, they're are they going undefeated? Probably not, but they're they're set up great. They're in a great spot to get into the MAC tournament in a good position to possibly play some games at Alumni Diamond, and from there you just you know you've got the horses, as you said, pitching, hitting, defense has been pretty good as well. So I'm I'm just excited to see how this plays out. I would love to see that 14 grow to 15, 16 on Wednesday, and then to keep growing. But really, even in the big picture, they're just they're they're just in a great spot in the MAC right now. Well, the big picture is this: as Drew mentioned, playoff games at Alumni Diamond that doesn't come around often because of the format change for this season, where the top four seeds gets to host quarterfinal best of threes, and then the top seed gets to host the four team championship weekend. So you could be thinking the weather gets warmer bats have stayed hot the ball flies out of this ballpark there's no question about it and fairfield could be playing games at home up until memorial day weekend that is a big picture and talking of big picture i had a chance to chat with both dan ryan and john signor after saturday's close of the series so let's hear from both from them first it's going to be dan then immediately followed by john Dan, it seems like every time you take the field here at Fairfield, something magical is happening. What has this ride been like for you guys? Honestly, it's been it's been pretty awesome to say the least. We take we take playing at home really seriously, and we like playing here more than the road, obviously, because we want to we want to protect the Stag Dome, we want to protect the dome, and so far we've been lucky enough to do exactly that. For you personally, you're getting on base, setting the table 
and I think it's hits in all but two games and you've reached in every game as well. So your mentality at the plate, what is it knowing that you've got some guys that can actually mash the ball behind you? I've got some real good hitters coming up behind me and that, that, that makes it easier for me. I just want to get on base and get on base for those guys. So when they eventually drive me in or they drive themselves in, we score more runs. When you go up against teams like this in short order, where you played Quinnipiac on two on Wednesday, and then you could play again weekend, especially doubleheaders, both all these games for that matter, what's the mindset going in, knowing that we can't worry about anything ahead of us? We can only just focus on what's at stake and keep the same winning mentality going every time you take the field. You know, in a, in a limited season like this, where the playoffs are based on the amount of wins, we have to take every game one game at a time, and. We're, luck, we're lucky enough to even have a season. The way last season ended, the whole theme of this year has just been playing every game like it's your last. And I think we're really, uh, we're really focused on doing that and doing a great job right now. And now knowing that you got Quinnipiac coming again, it's kind of interesting that you have a week to sit on, especially for them knowing that they want to get something out of this series. What did you take away from this past weekend that you can bring to the table uh, come on Wednesday? We're playing good baseball right now. We're playing good baseball. Quinnipiac is a good team. This Ryder team that we just played was a good team. But we just want to keep playing good baseball, and I think we could pretty much beat just about anybody if we play our game. So three starts for you this season, and today clearly was the best of the bunch. Going the distance, shutout style. For you personally getting back on the mound, doing what you've been doing, how gratifying is this? Oh, it's awesome, you know. Any day you could be out there, you know, playing a song alongside your best friends, you know, I wouldn't trade it in for the world. You know, outcomes aside, it's just great to be out there. You know, there's no better feeling. Let's talk about this day as a whole because it seemed like a rider team that needed a little bit to prove themselves after a difficult Saturday. You knew that they were going to be coming at you. What was working today in the mound? Uh, you know, off speed, getting first pitch for strikes. Uh, getting ahead early, getting the leadoff out was very big today. You know, they're a great team, of course. You know, you've seen how they've played in, in the MAC so far. And uh, it's great to see the team firing on all cylinders. For the pitchers especially, it's just passing the baton from starter to starter. How good is it knowing that your spot is on Sunday, it seems like, game one, but the two guys that are throwing ahead of you, getting the job done, knowing that, hey, the pressure is off. All I have to do is just take the ball on my day and go throw. Absolutely. It's awesome. You know, it's contagious. You see the guy in front of you want to pit, or you see the guy in front of you pitch really well, you know, you're next. You want to do the same thing. So, you know, I think we had four hits giving up, three hits, four hits. So, you know, it's just trying to one-up your buddy, you know. Absolutely. And kind of looking at how this season has gone for you as a whole and the team as well. I mean, it has to be so much fun knowing that you're just getting an opportunity to play. But at the same time, results are coming. How good can this team really be? Oh, I mean, you've seen it so far. This team can be unbelievable. You know, we're as one of a team as you could possibly be. And, you know, when things aren't going well, that's when the heart and the attitude of this team really comes out. And that's when we play at our best. So appreciate Dan and John chatting with me. And again, Fairfield Dags baseball are going to be back in action on Wednesday when they host Quinnipiac for two more to close out that four game series split across two weeks. And then the big series against Monmouth on the weekend, which will be one verse two in the standings. Talking of standings, talking of big picture, we go to the postseason now as men's soccer was they got themselves into the MAC championship tournament after picking up three points last Monday at home to Manhattan. The 
Stags finished fifth in the regular season standings, matching them up against St. Peter's in the quarterfinals. And it was a chance for a little retribution, Drew, as one of their two losses in the regular season came away to the Peacocks, albeit at a different venue away from their own campus. This was a situation that I think Fairfield liked the hand that they were dealt with, poor conditions, grass surface against a team that I don't want to say anything against St. Peter's because they have two outstanding forwards, but when you get into a very tough contest, which Fairfield ultimately ended up winning by one goal to nil, that didn't bode well for the team in St. Peter's that got to the championship game a season ago. Yeah, St. Peter's, any way you slice it, was the defending regular season champion. They hosted that tournament game, I believe, against Monmouth, or excuse me, against Iona. And yeah, just a solid team. We saw them hang four on the Stags a couple weeks ago in what was their season opener. So they really came out of the gates firing. And yeah, Fairfield, that was a classic Fairfield performance, a classic Carl Reese-led performance, classic Gordon Botterell performance for that matter. It was just, I think we've learned throughout many sports that the seeding doesn't mean much this year. And I think St. Peter's and Fairfield were two of the better teams in the MAC this year. They end up head-to-head in the quarterfinals and Fairfield... They, they got the one in the one nil final. Yeah, it was a game that featured a number of good scoring chances for the Stags, especially in the first half where they forced Robbie Anderson, the St. Peter's goalie, into making three saves and then one in the second half. And then Gordon Botterill came up with the one save that he needed to make, stopping uh, Dominic Laws on a 1v1 chance with about 20 minutes to go. The, the game would turn with just about four minutes left when St. Peter's were reduced to 10 men due to a straight red card. Stags and piled on the pressure, earned a corner in the last minute and a half where Jonathan Philippe whipped an in-swinging cross from the far corner to the near post. And then Hugo Escuela Hurtado comes across and absolutely bullets the header. And Fairfield advanced. That's as simple as it was. It was a game where the Stags, they felt like they deserved the result. And they got there. And now it's going to be the third semifinal that Fairfield have reached as a team in the last four seasons. And they get to renew hostilities with their uh, not so friendly rivals in Quinnipiac. And Drew, we've seen a number of these games against Eric DaCosta's team before. We know what we're going to expect. There's not going to be a lot of goals in it. However, in a one-off knockout style tournament, that actually benefits the team that doesn't mind to get into those tough type of games. And that would be Fairfield. Yeah. You know, the Stags, a number of players offensively that they trust, including a guy like Hugo, who is a defender by trade. Um, You've certainly got a goalkeeper that you trust. You know, uh, coach Reese is going to have them prepared along with uh, Javi and Johnny Raj. They'll have those guys ready to go. And Quinnipiac's pretty much the same way. They've got great coaching there. They've got a lot of guys that they trust who have been in this spot before. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's one nil. I wouldn't be surprised for that matter if it's nil nil and we're uh, towing the line to see who wins this one. Well, this is a Fairfield team that have really come together defensively over the last few matches. And I spoke with junior defender Cormac Pike after the match and a big shout out to our coaching staff as a whole to allow us to be able to chat with uh, the player in Cormac 
basically 25 minutes after the match as they're on the bus back up here to Fairfield from Jersey City. So I had a chance to talk with them over the phone for a couple minutes about the match, how the team has built momentum over the final few matches of the season, their expectations for the rest of the tournament. So here's my conversation with Cormac Pike after the conclusion of Sunday's quarterfinal. So Cormac, take us through this one because this was not exactly the easiest of matches to play through, especially when it's a knockout competition. Yeah, you know, it's always a tough place to go to St. Peter's. Um, you know, the conditions were it was quite wet. It was a little bit windy out there. Um, but, you know, recently said to us, if you keep yourself in the game, you, don't, you know, we didn't concede a goal today and it just kept us in the game throughout the end. And we had them on the front foot. We had them pinned back throughout the whole game. And then luckily we got that goal in the final two minutes that, that got us the win. Yeah, you guys had a lot of chances, especially in the first half, but a couple went aside. The keeper made a couple of saves. At what point were you thinking to yourselves, all we needed was just that one to make sure that we finished it off? Because you guys had everything set up for you, just needed that final touch. Yeah, the momentum was definitely with us the whole game. Um, you know, there wasn't, I don't think there was any point in the game, even the last two minutes, when I didn't think that we were going to get another chance or another opportunity to score. And, you know, it's a 90-minute game at the end of the day. And, you know, you can play 88 minutes and not score a goal, but you get that final goal in the end. And that's where you get the three points and the victory from. Talk about that uh, that set piece, because Jonathan Philippe whips in a perfect ball. Hugo Hurtado makes the perfect run to the near post. From your perspective, how did you see that one develop? Yeah, I was I was um, I was only a few meters behind Hugo, so I saw the ball come in and the uh, the space uh, open up for him on the front post. So I had a great view, um, but don't listen to what he says because it was a shoulder and not a header. So just to let you know, <laughs> oh, I love the honesty. And on the opposite side, defensively, this St. Peter's team over the last few years they've been one that's very talented up front, especially with their two top strikers. But you guys did not really allow them any chances on a difficult day and a difficult surface. What was the mindset and what were you guys looking to make sure to lock down to not allow them really anything? Yeah, we were, we were we've been aware of the two special players and you know, a lot of their attacks in their team. And it's definitely something that we worked on throughout the week and we've been made very conscious of from the, the coaching staff. So I think it was more of a mentality thing of just making sure that we were the we were being the better players over them instead of them letting them control the game. And now moving forward, two clean sheets on the bounce. Actually, I think three clean sheets on the bounce for that matter. And going towards a semifinal. It's always special to play in a semifinal. So what are you hoping to take out of these last three matches as the team progresses forward? I think I think we proved to ourselves that we can get the right side, right end, uh, right side of results. Uh, you know, like you said, we, I think we've only conceded one goal in the last four games or you know, three clean sheets in the last three games. So as long as we do our work defensively as a team and give our strikers and our special players up top the chance to go win us the game, you know, I think the vibe in the team is definitely great right now. We still like we can take by any team at the back and go win it. So we feel good going into Wednesday. So thanks again to Cormac on that one. I appreciate the little cheek that he had saying that. Uh, don't think that Hugo had a clean header. It came off of his shoulder, but they all do count the same. <laughs> Softball, uh, also a busy weekend for them. Busy week, actually, where they went four and two. They ended up making up a series against Siena that was scheduled to begin the season, but due to changes, they ended up hosting Manhattan. 
They were able to bring Siena in on Wednesday and Thursday at home to play those games. And then they traveled down to Ryder for a shortened weekend. Unfortunately, due to the weather, they weren't able to get the Sunday games in, but they got the Saturday games in. And across the three days, Fairfield won four lost two in setting themselves up in good position. Quick, some of the highlights on Wednesday, they won the opener Fairfield over Siena 4-2 before dropping the nightcap 7-0. The opener, pretty scrappy affair. Stags broke it open with a Caitlin Hoffman RBI double to left center. And then when the game is at 3-2 in the bottom of the sixth inning, Maddie Wilson came on for a pinch hit at bat with the bases loaded, worked out a walk to bring in a run for an insurance run. Kitty Kudlasik won the first of her two games of the week allowing one earned run in seven innings. After dropping the nightcap on Wednesday, the Stags came back out Thursday, secured the series split with a 5-1 victory before falling in the second game by the same score as they did on Wednesday of 7-0. Megan Forbes had an RBI single in the first to tie the game, and then Caitlin Hoffman drilled her first career grand slam in the third inning, going oppo taco, and that was enough for Allie Bridgman for her to get the win in the circle, seven innings allowing one unearned run and striking out three. Then on Saturday, which turned out to actually be a pretty big series as Ryder has gotten off to a very strong start this year, Fairfield traveled down to Lawrenceville, New Jersey, and swept the games uh, before getting rained out on Sunday. Saturday's wins were by a count of four to two and five to three. In the opener, after having some issues in Thursday's nightcap, uh, Kudlasik was much better on Saturday, allowing two runs off seven hits, struck out seven. Hoffman, Forbes, and Michaela Rubin each had multi-hit games, and the Stags survived a late surge from Ryder to take the opener. Second game, Fairfield struck early, four runs in the third inning. Hoffman, Drew Westford, and Sam Marino all multi-hit games to give Allie Bridgman the win. Sam Lindsay with a two-inning save in that. So, Drew, when we look at softball right now, it's the same format for baseball where the top four teams get to host opening weekend quarterfinal best three series. Fairfield right now stand at 10-6. and six. They have a very good schedule coming down the stretch that's currently on the schedule eight of those games of the scheduled 12 remaining are against teams at the bottom of the league. So if they take advantage of that, this is a team that could be sitting pretty with a little bit of home field cooking uh, for the playoffs. Yeah, it's a, uh, the, the softball standings are not very straightforward right now with between weather and other reasons, you know, teams having played very disparate number of games, but Fairfield 10 and six, that's the second most wins behind Manhattan who has 11 uh, Monmouth has a better winning percentage, as you mentioned, they're eight and four, but Fairfield's controlling what they can control. And that's, they haven't been swept. They haven't lost a series. They have some series splits. They have some series wins and we'll see if the Ryder series finish, but they've secured at least a, a split of that. So controlling what they can control. They're just, they're solid across the board. There's, there's no weak spots. There's the pitching is sort of always solid. No matter who you put out there, the lineup one through nine, they all have their moments. They all get key hits on occasion. They all it's, it's very balanced. I think is the word I'm looking for just a very balanced effort. And we've seen coach Brzezinski take teams like this very far in the Mac tournament. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, I was kind of diving into some of the numbers and Caitlin Hoffman goes eight for 17 this week with eight runs driven in Megan Forbes is on an eight game hitting streak. Drew Westford is five for last 14. Madison Robichaux having a three-hit game uh, in one of the games against Siena. Picked up hits in all six games, eight for her last 20. And then you got Kudlasik and Bridgman, kind of different types of pitchers, but they're finding ways to get 
keep teams within games and that's all you can really ever do with your pitching the defense is playing pretty solidly so they're in a good position right now again also additionally with their 12 scheduled games remaining they have a maximum of 14 that need to get made up whether because of weather or covid pauses so it'll be interesting to see how that fluctuates but again you can only control what you control i said last week if you have a chance to play two games in a day the best possible outcome is you win both of those games. So that's where softball is at the moment. A couple other news and notes from around Fairfield athletics, men's and women's golf competed at a one day event hosted by Hartford at the tumble Brook country club this past Friday, men's golf finishing second tied for second, along with sacred heart, just one stroke behind the host Hartford sophomore, Patrick McCarthy won the event, which is the second medalist for Fairfield golf in the spring season with a four under 68, which is very impressive on the women's side. They finished fourth, out of eight teams on the day, senior Alexa Brown finished sixth in the event. Those teams, both of them are currently at the Sacred Heart Spring Invite at the Great River Golf Club in Milford. We'll touch base on that next week. Tennis traveled down to Ryder on Saturday. Both came away with victories. The men winning 7-0, the women winning 4-3. On the women's side, after a tough 4-3 loss to Monmouth in the midweek, they won the doubles point. And after dropping three of five singles matches, Ina March came through number four singles with a straight set victory to secure the team victory. And on the men's side, it was straightforward business as usual. Five of the six singles matches got wrapped up in straight sets. Rowing competed in an event at, uh, in Shelton hosted by Sacred Heart, had a very successful day. Women and men both posted a couple of victories in that, including at the first and second varsity eight boats. Couple of awards also that we should be, and milestones to announce. Volleyball saw Manuela Nicolini was named the MAC co-setter of the year. The third time that she has won that award in her career is named to the all MAC team. As the primary setter this season, she averaged close to 9.8 assists per set and close to three digs per set. And on the lacrosse side, we had two milestones. Dylan Beckwith notches 100th career assist, and he's one goal away from 100 career on that mark as well. So likely he's going to be picking that one up in the next game played. And then Deanna DeVita in a loss this weekend to Siena picked up her 100th career point. And also a quick shout to women's soccer on a successful season, making the playoffs with a very young team, but despite dropping to Quinnipiac in double overtime in the quarterfinals, they went 500 in the regular season, basically played the entirety of the top half of the league during the regular season. So Dave Barrett's group has a very high ceiling for the future. Drew, before I get to the upcoming schedule, what did I miss? Well, um, I don't think you missed it, but I'll just jump in here and uh, throw out some uh some shout outs. I like that this little final thought has become more of a, uh, a shout out. I like to give shout outs on a Sunday evening, but um, yesterday was senior day for women's lacrosse today, senior day for women's tennis. And they're one senior, one senior Anna Comer. Um, we've had some other senior days. We've got some more coming up. So I just wanted to uh, give a, give a shout out to the seniors, you know, senior day probably isn't going to look like what it's looked like in the past. We know it hasn't for the teams that have had it so far. Some teams may not get a traditional senior day um, as some teams also didn't last spring. And these seniors, you know, it's a little different. Some of them are in their fifth year. Some of them are coming back for a fifth year or a sixth year next year, but it, it's not easy. It's not easy to wrap up 
your degree as many of our seniors, the vast majority of our seniors are gonna do in a few weeks and also stick with your sport for four years, four plus years, especially through everything we've done in the past year. So shout out to those senior student athletes. We hope to see a lot more of you in action. We hope to see a lot of you coming back next year and we'll be very happy to have you as alums. But for now, just thank you so much for everything you've done for Fairfield, for me and my position at Fairfield. And uh, we love you all. Great job. Yeah, I'll echo that sentiment as well. And by adding that, hopefully when things become kind of back to a status quo in the year to come, you know, love to see you all come back out to support the Stags, say hi to us in the broadcast booth or in the press box, because, you know, that's the fun part of our job is obviously we get to talk about the successes on the field, but they're just outstanding people as well. And I think that's the great part that we have where we get to talk with these student athletes and establish relationships and, you know, just find out the great people that they are. So I hope to see you all back soon. And for those that didn't get their senior year last year, same thing. We hope that we get to see you soon and give you the send off that I think that they all probably deserve. Um, the quick upcoming schedule for this week looks like this men's and women's golf on Monday, the 12th, uh, continue on their Sacred Heart University Spring Invite, the Great River Golf Club. On Wednesday, the 14th, women's golf hosts a home event at Smith Richardson Golf Club. Baseball doubleheader, the conclusion of that four game split week series. Uh, they host Quinnipiac, games start at 12. Women's tennis away to Quinnipiac, men's soccer MAC tournament semifinal at Quinnipiac kickoff is set for 3 p.m. Men's tennis is away to Quinnipiac on Thursday the 15th, women's lacrosse away to Iona on Friday the 16th. Then on Saturday the 17th and Sunday the 18th, extremely busy, where on Saturday men's rowing and women's rowing are both in actions. Uh, women are at home, men are on the road in New Jersey. Men's lacrosse hosts Drexel at 1 p.m. on the LAC Sports Network. Baseball begins their massive doubleheader, their weekend series against Monmouth. Doubleheader on Saturday at noon. Sunday, follow-up, doubleheader at noon. Men's and women's golf begin a two-day event at the Gillette Ridge Golf Club hosted by the University of Hartford. Men's tennis at home to Monmouth at noon on that Sunday, the 18th, and women's lacrosse are at Iona on the 18th. So, Drew, a lot to get to enjoyed this one and feel like this is as you said kind of the beginning of the stretch run of this season but hopefully when we get to chat next week it's continued good success for Fairfield Stags athletics on the courts and fields of play yeah you know you read through that uh schedule and I'm ready to get to work I, I might need to take a nap first but I guess tomorrow I'll be ready to get to work getting ready for all these events there you go. Thanks for joining us for this latest episode of the Stag Sports Wrap podcast on the Stag Sports Network. Make sure to stay tuned with all your news and notes and updates at fairfieldstags.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fairfield Stags and at Stag Sports Net on Twitter. So for Drew, I'm JJ signing off. And until next time, go Stags.